Well, Brent is gay and Kaylin's gay and Clark is gay and Ryan's gay and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 199. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. This, this week, there's a live action Final Fantasy series in the works. We try to deal with the fallout of ScarJo suing Daddy Disney. Black Panther 2 has an exciting casting announcement, and trailer season is continuing as we meander through the field of new trailers, and also the issues if you feel so inclined. Uh, but first, a little bit of housekeeping. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I was a little yeah. premature with the news. Yeah. I got a little too excited. Like, was a, when I'm, when yeah. I'm not at the wheel, I just want to grab it and break. Get so excited. Also, yeah. can I also interject? Uh, this is issue 199, and I would like to make that clear. What did I say that? Are you dead? Oh. <laughs> Man, uh, we are off the wheels already. Nailing okay. it. Uh, I can be very clear that it is our 199 episode because next week it is going to be our 200th regular issue next week. So we're going to have tons of fun stuff on Twitter and Instagram to celebrate, including more fun, cool photos of us, more information about us. And the biggest part is a mailbag where we're going to try to answer some of your best questions. We've already got a ton of really good shit in uh, so far on Twitter. We want to hear more. So definitely DM us. Uh, I don't know other things that you're supposed to do on Twitter. Retweet at us, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we're going to really find us at the street. Um, Find us in Starbucks. I go to the one on 14th and T all the time. I thought it was just search for porn. <laughs> that works too. Yeah, if you see us on the street, just scream a question into our ear and we'll be sure to remember it because you want to send us these questions because we're going to choose one lucky person that has sent in the best question that you know we love and they're going to get $200 to celebrate our 200th episode. Uh, Ryan, how are we going to decide this? Oh, God. So we, we've been going through a lot of different things. Should it just be Etsy bucks? Should mm-hmm. it just be... Uh, you know, a uh, uh, $200 credit to uh, Golden Corral. Golden Corral. <laughs> Find it close at your city. Yeah. yeah. It's um, our, our main sponsor, Golden Corral. Should it just be uh, Little Caesars? Like we, yeah. we've been going through a lot of things. We're working with a lot of sponsors. So it's more to come. It'll probably just be a gift card, but like stay tuned. Right. But how are we going to choose the winner? Oh. Uh, whatever I feel at the moment, <laughs> I'm choosing. <laughs> yeah, you're singularly taking over control oh, of this yeah. podcast for our 200th episode. Well, you shits do it with everything else, so let me do something for a change. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know the process won't be arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard it here first. Uh, write questions about Dazzler and uh, double penetration. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know yeah. anything else. My two favorite things. <laughs> All right. It's a news flash. There we go. We are getting right into it. So Final Fantasy is going to have a live action Netflix series. Maybe this is very fact or fiction, uh, but there is, it was giant freaking robot confirmed that there's a report from a quote unquote trusted and proven source that there is going to be a Final Fantasy uh, live action show in the works from Netflix. This is not to be confused with the uh, Final Fantasy IX animated series that Cyber Group Studios is putting together. Um, It's potentially and very likely just a rumor, but what would you want to see from a live action Final Fantasy, Brent? You know, I I think that when you watch a lot of these video game adaptations, you lose a lot of the world experience where you can kind of explore have side quests and like interact with a lot of weird characters because in a TV show, you have to follow some narrative arc. And the most complicated versions of that are really interesting and captivating. Like Game of Thrones has an amazing exploratory world, but Final Fantasy, I don't know to what degree it actually lends itself to that kind of storytelling or to the actual mechanics of the game that at some points you run into a villain and then you take turns hitting each other. Like, I know Kaylin makes the point all the time, but I, I would be interested to see if there's any differences in style of a TV show that might be able to capture some of the fun to actually playing the games. Right. I would like to go the exact opposite of what you said and just really be over dramatic. 
just Final Fantasy X me and just really just be over the top with the love story. Like just uh, Japanese soap opera me left and right and up and down. <laughs> just and and just show because some of these things we love so much. And maybe this is just me being an asshole, but like we love seven so much. We love 10 so much. We love uh, a, a couple of like smattered, but they're just so over the top romantic for no goddamn reason. These people met each other while they were 14. <laughs> they, they, they leveled up to maybe age 16 by and the end. Killed of the God. Day. Yeah. <laughs> and then killed God. God. I like that, that, and, instead of having birthdays, they leveled up. Oh yeah. You got to get the experience points. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. But like, it's uh i i would like to see that structure sort of gone through and sure mine is a comedic take on it but uh it would be interesting to see a true romance to go through like final fantasy and just see how that sort of played out well even uh you're i think you're definitely right that they right around final fantasy 7 plus they really upped the relationship quotient because final fantasy 8 was like only interesting because of squall and renoa's relationship um, but prior to that, it was a lot more just like standard uh, Japanese action RPG. I'm really laughing, Brent, because I'm thinking of, I really want them to film the fight scenes with them just standing there, like the characters shifting back and forth. <laughs> they do. Waiting to like have their, like they're going to say something and then move Waiting out. to get their shit rocked. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot like us on this podcast constantly. Just us constantly moving back and forth, waiting to, <laughs> for five people to Wouldn't talk it be fun? Once. Wouldn't it be fun if they they decided, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do the first we're gonna start with the first one and then work our way through. And each season, it's the same cast, but just in different roles. The anthology, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. Well, I heard someone's picking it up. I'm not gonna name any names, but Murphy's his last name. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that to your point, Brent, about the Game of Thrones idea, I don't play it very often, but it seems like one of the best storytelling Final Fantasies uh, ever so far has been Final Fantasy XIV, which is the online massively, you know, the MMORPG. And I think to your point about the Game of Thrones concept, there's a lot of like history and storylines and character NPCs in that, that I think they could do a lot with because the rest of the game's are very much, yeah, very singularly focused on just what the hero and hero journey kind of thing is doing. Uh, But if there was going to be a a one that I wanted to see, I was thinking Final Fantasy VI hasn't had any love in forever. And what's so good about it, and I think um, what I really like, I wasn't like the biggest fan as a kid, but I think what's really works well for a TV show and fucking spoiler words for like a, at this point, 30 year old game, uh, you get like halfway through and then Kefka the villain wins. So it'd be a great first season leading up to that basically switch. So there's like this idea of world of birth and then there's the second season, which could be the world of ruin. Um, and yeah, I just, I would love to see that. Cause there's also lots of strong female empowerment main characters uh, and a shitload of random fucking weirdos. There's like, you basically get like a Sasquatch on your team, uh, a wild beast man that like roams the plains there's like a fucking like a mimic just like some weird ass like all the characters we, hey look i've seen star wars before you're just listing all the characters <laughs> in that <laughs> like well, a so funny is, there's a lot of there's a scene three in it yeah. yeah well it's so funny you mentioned that because the plot of final fantasy 6 is based off of star wars so it's like literally written around the same i think they were very much inspired by like how do we create an evil empire plot line no, like you know all- what? They should just make Star Wars. That'd yeah. be much better. <laughs> <laughs> but the people still move back and forth waiting for their turn. Yeah, of back. course. The same way uh, that uh, the original lightsaber fought occurred. In a timeless battle that still rages on, just like Final Fantasy, ScarJo and Disney are very mm-hmm. much continuing to be super mm-hmm. angry at each other after Scarlet launched what I believe to be a thoughtful campaign to pay me, bitch. Uh, Dizzy responded by calling her kind of like outrageous and saying it was especially sad and distressing in its callous regard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of COVID-19, which is the most garbage. As if she was like patient zero. (laughs) Like she was like, and, and then this bitch just walks down the street coughing in people's mouths. And you're like, no, Scarlett Johansson did do all the precautions. It was, it was unreasonably 
cruel for for Scarlett Johansson to go into that retirement community, lick her palms, and then rub them into people's throats. And then really just let them bleed out. Just yeah. let them bleed out with COVID. It, Is that how it, it works? Doesn't it feel <sighs> weirdly like... Did Disney not pay attention to any of the free Britney shit? Like the way yeah. that they talked about her was yes. kind of like, oh, sweetie, she can't, she can't control herself. She's just being a monster. You know, it's really sad that what's happening to her. It they- is such, it's such a shitty like women's lens takedown because if any fucking actor was like, pay me my goddamn money, everyone'd be like, sure, whatever. We're we're gonna take this out, like we'll figure this out in court. But because it's Scarjo, they're definitely like. Well, if we yell at her enough, I bet a bunch of people would be like, well, that's right. How dare she try to get more money? She's already a millionaire. It's like, you're just trying to get more money too, Disney. You're all fucking millionaires yourselves. Absolutely. Um, So their campaign against her is so outrageous. Um, I I, want to make this clear. Mickey Mouse can fuck me up the butt and I will be like, woohoo! Like, but... Will we'll turn into Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be. Yeah. And I'll have that. Baby. But like. But but the thing is, the way, they're, Mickey. the way they're going about it is so fucked up because they're not allowing anyone to even have a voice, and they're really stifling her. Um. So one of the statements that they came out with is, um, lawsuit against uh Scarlett Johansson is due to the fact that they are there's currently no plans for Natasha Romanoff in the MCU. Wow. That is, that is bullshit. That is just some made up shit. We know she fucking died. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson doesn't care anymore. She just wants her comeuppance for this last film is all she's trying to say. It's not like because she wants to be in 35 more films. It's, it's fucked up. We, we know the marketing is just in place to like give you just little sound bites, but it is fucked up. She's just, I mean, she's the highest paid actress that we have in the U.S. And we're unfortunately trying to like stomp her down and it's fucked up. Right. There's a, you know, boohoo Scarlett Johansson's only getting $20 million, not $50 million kind of argument that exists out there. And yeah, I, I understand it. Maybe she should get an extra couple of 10 million based off of the contract. I think the more important thing downstream is that there's going to be, there are more and more actors and artists that work with Disney that will be bulldozed uh, by any of the decisions that Disney makes where their compensation is in some way, uh, you know, maybe a little bit vaguer or maybe less uh, specifically articulated. I'm concerned in this case, because in the kind of, um, you know, statements, the original statements about the lawsuit, um, Scarlett Johansson didn't use much specific quoted text from the contract deal, which makes it seem like there's a little bit of nebulousness about mm. what what they actually agreed to when it I comes know. to a theatrical release and whether or not it was specified explicitly that no streaming platform could have been used. Um, but I do also think that Disney, you know, there is a notion that they have kind of like a verbal understanding and if Disney is, you know, still trying to dick people over, they, they deserve zero sympathy in this game. Well, and I think it's a, yeah. you're, you bring up a good point, Brent, that it's, it's like, I know that she's obviously fighting for herself, not for the little people, but I do think that this level of broad exposure to these kind of issues is great because she is one of the only actors, actresses that can actually have this fight at this level. Cause like, if you were just some oh, right. random, like I think of poor fucking Ray Fisher with Joss Wheat, like, there's always going to be these horrible circumstances. And it's, I think like, if we're not treating these examples as consent, like whatever the scale. So it's like, I'm sure there are fucking tons of other people out of money that are much lower in the ranks. It just so happens that she has the power to be able to push back and say, she pushed back so hard that even Kevin, our best friend, Kevin Faye mm-hmm. was reportedly angry and embarrassed. Let me read his quote. Response. Cause it's, it's not completely on. He was it's angry not. and embarrassed. <laughs> End of quote. <laughs> reportedly i mean not wrong but like it it's just messed up that she is literally probably one of the only people that could go up against this and if this gets turned down let's be honest 
no one will ever be able to get what they deserve through their art of like making these movies that we fucking love. So it's very sad if she can't get her comeuppance a little bit, even if they settle out of court and they, and she makes a statement being like, we talked without the public and it was fine. That would be the best answer to this because they, they need to treat their stars probably okay because they are such money makers and unfortunately they're based on these stars right now. I do wonder if to your point it's all of this is just them basically negotiating before they go into a negotiation room. So it's like, what are yeah. what's the public saying? So they could pick a number based on how much the public either agrees with Scarjo or not. <laughs> yeah, it, like the Spider-Man deal, honestly. Right, 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 right. Uh, well, new rumor alert, Black Panther 2 has cast its Namora, potentially. According to Murphy's Multiverse, Mabel Cadena has joined the sequel in the role of Namora, the cousin of Atlantean ruler Namor. No further details have been revealed, but she's apparently been in Atlanta, where it's currently filming, and has also been looking pretty sick uh, at the gym on social media. Yeah, uh, yeah bitch. I, le- I know we've talked about this a lot for uh, Atlantis coming into the picture, which is why they're filming in Atlanta is what I hear. It's close enough, they said. Um, but what do you guys think about, obviously, this Atlantis connection? What do you want to see from it and see from this actress? I am not as familiar with uh, all of Atlantis. I, I know of Namor, basically, because he is a thoughty. Have you watched Aquaman? Oh, I have seen <laughs> I've seen the worst version of it. So um, I guess that's the only version. Uh, but the fact that her name is Namora uh and namor and they're like cousins and my initial thought was like this is stupid but then i thought oh i've got several cousins named john so uh <laughs> it's not it's not surprising the same family picks the same names john jonathan nathan yeah john- yeah nathan, Name me. Joe. Nam, ma'am. no no <laughs> no Matt, no, no, no no i'm not namor He's a third cousin twice there, removed. Yeah, there is also Namorita, right? That's the daughter. No, that's Namor. the cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, that is the daughter and the cocktail and my life. That like, is so good. Um, it's clear that uh, Atlantis is in this movie, and let's just be okay with it. Let's not be like, is it? Like, let's just be okay with it and move on. We don't have to dissect every fucking news story around it. It's very clear that they had a script before. Uh, yeah. His untimely death. But like, uh, it, it's fine. Like, it, they're going to continue it and they're going to try to do it in the right way. Yeah, um, we I'm know excited it's, for this. We know it's in it. Uh, it, there's going to be Atlantis because they're filming in Atlanta. Like, you think that's a coincidence? Hmm? I do worry that they're gonna You're like from spend- Atlanta. Was it all underwater <laughs> at all times? Is that right? You know, the uh, Futurama has already made the joke, so maybe we shouldn't tread over their well, territory. Oh, <laughs> I don't know that. Okay. Oh, they they all of the was- all the luminaries in Atlanta uh, leave because it's sinking uh, because of global warming, and <laughs> then uh, because of the Coke factory. All the people living there have hyper sped up evolution and become mer people. It's a great That's episode. <laughs> That's so good. Hey, Brent, did it just get warmer in here? Um, let's talk about the trailer park. Oh Do we have a sound God. effect for that? No. <laughs> We're down at the trailer park. Um, uh, what I th- I think it was like, uh, well, now we're going on down to the trailer park. <laughs> Well, we're right. here. Yeah, uh, let's talk okay. about some trailers. Yeah, we've got What If. Uh, so quick facts on it before we talk about the trailer that just came out. Um, it's definitely canon in the MCU. That's been confirmed by one of the writers. Uh, it's definitely following up based on this trailer after the events in Loki, because as you can see, there's millions of possibilities spiraling out from the, uh, I wouldn't want to spoil anything just yet. So the end of that show. And then Peggy Carter is going to be in every season of What If. Peggy Carter's Captain Britain, I should say. Um, what's the Britain? What's the thought on the trailer, Brent? Well, okay, so you already did spoil the ending. Of I know. Loki. I don't <laughs> know why uh, you did that. But... And also, she's called Agent 
Oh, wait, Captain Carter? It's Captain Britain, bitch. I just said that. No, 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 no. It's called Captain Carter because they hate the UK because of all this. Like, they're definitely not calling it that. But is it Cap in like apostrophe N? Yeah, like she's the cereal. (laughs) (laughs) So the the thing that's funny to me is that when this new trailer came out, it's showing this timeline breaking off and branching and stuff. And... There, and people are like, oh my God, it's following the events of Loki. And I'm like, but there's not many ways to e- explain things going off of a timeline. A what there's, if, not, yeah. there's not many other ways of representing the, the thing you're trying to represent. That it's You had a line, you had a way of things are being, a hypothetical goes off in a different direction. It's not new or novel, but I'm guessing it, you know, is, is going to be following that kind of sequence. Well, and it's also what they showed in when they explained the timey-wimey stuff in Endgame. She, uh, what everyone's favorite cultural appropriation, um, the wise one, the ancient one, was like, here's how oh, it goes. Like, yes. Look at this trend. <laughs> You're talking about uh, Tilda Swinton. Yes, that was the name I was looking for. Um, uh, oh, no, I was also going to add, Jeffrey Wright was in this, like, exclusive featurette which (laughs) annoys me that they still call them exclusive because it's the internet exists but entertainment weekly is desperate for footage is they just like please make us still relevant so they yeah just like (laughs) halfway through the trailer you're like no stop (laughs) no it's it's exclusive guys uh so they had they had jeffrey wright speaking and he's like i'm the watcher and uh, isn't this so interesting? You're like, okay, yeah, you're you're doing a little narrative thing. But then they added the weird part where they're showing clips back and forth between him talking and something kind of dramatic happens on screen and they have to make him, the, the person, respond to it. And he goes, whoa, that does look exciting. <laughs> That's my favorite. Didn't see that one coming. Next, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah. It's, it's tough, right? Because when you say something's in MCU continuity, immediately a thousand serfs that uh, have shit homes will show up at your place and be like, ah, and just have a torch and yell at you because you're not doing something correct. And so I worry about this much like the revamp of Space Jam when Don Cheadle is in it. (laughs) Is, yeah. is that canon now? Is that canon? So I worry about this and people being so particular. I think what everyone as an audience needs to do is just let this go over you like a wave and enjoy, <laughs> enjoy it, enjoy it. Because this is MCU. You know, things might get changed a little bit, much like the comics. Ryan, Some, right now, it sounds like you're, you're trying to talk someone through a high that's really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I'm hoping Clark I'm hoping Clark is listening right now. So, uh, but you know what? This is the MCU. This is in continuity. But let's not, let's not harp on it, y'all. Okay? Let's, let's just be okay with the things that are about to happen. They're going to introduce some new fun ideas. I might just have fun with it. Let's well, not, let's not really more fun. Yeah. So of those ideas, knowing it is canon, knowing that, you know, we've got phase four, five, six plus, and even what they've done with Loki already um, in his show, are there things from what if in this sort of cartoon universe that you want to see pulled through into the actual live action MCU based on what you've seen in the trailer so far? Um, Zombies, yes. I mean, <laughs> It's just one quick final point of, of what Ryan was saying. And then I do think I've got an answer to that. Uh, it's the most toothless way of saying something's canonical because yeah, it's canonical in the sense that if you spin off the universe in a direction that's animated, that's all real stuff. So like there are so many infinite possibilities. It's meaningless to refer to any one of them as being canonical. But Agreed. I think as far as the stories go, what I would like is for there to be a balance between ones that are actually genuinely thought provoking and, you know, kind of question or challenge the actual characters in some way that makes you think about them differently. But I want some episodes just to be like, this is a fun exercise that's very well executed and not particularly boring. Like 
seeing uh, Captain Carter, you know, I don't know that there's going to be a huge moral quandary that they're going to try and deal with, but, you know, having a different person in that role might just be more fun to see. The original actress is still voicing her, right? I think so. I think it's really only uh, Tony, uh, it's only uh, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, and... uh, uh, Scarjo and yeah, Scarjo, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they didn't ask Dave Batista back. Dave Batista was seemingly very upset about that. He didn't get to be Drax and I guess the Guardians. Uh, Vin one. Diesel wasn't asked back, but they already have. They have. Clips. They have it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just start well, playing with the, yeah, the vocalizer. You watch the trailer and the guys like it's it's Tony Stark and it's, and it's someone clearly doing an impression of Robert Downey Jr. Well, yeah, I guess I just benefit from war. <laughs> like, it, it's it's kind of interesting how that this was so pitched as like all the voice, all the people that were in the MCU were going to come on board for this, and then slowly they all started like not being on board. Um, the one thing that. Uh, they're holding on to which i think we should all pay attention to is chadwick boseman is actually voiced these stuff like before so i don't know how many episodes he's, he's on. Like a, no he's in four episodes i think they have his vocal talents in that oh yeah area. which is great like yeah uh but it, it's just kind of funny how we were like this is the next evolution and then <laughs> all of them slowly dropped out and then sued the uh disney you know i do think based on <laughs> I do think based on uh, the Captain Carter, obviously recurring uh, character theme and knowing that ha- Haley Atwell, I think is the actress. She, I love her. And like, I mean, granted, as long as she was still like willing and able to like do all the physical stunts and shit, I would love for them to bring her in, in some capacity. Cause they're really, I mean, there's the Captain America, but especially if they're building up towards a potential Captain Britain, like there's a scene of her fighting Shumagorath with a sword and a shield. I hate that word. I want fucking Shumagorath within seconds of the MCU, like at the end of even the first Avengers movie, just like, I'm here now. (laughs) The fucking character is so weird. That's what I got. We talk about the uh, trailer for uh, Venom, Let There Be No Plot. I don't want to, but we should. So, Brent, well, Ryan, look, there's no degree to which we can talk about the trailer that would spoil it any more than the trailer itself spoils the movie. It tries to have show you more footage of of Carnage and the transformation, uh, you know, that uh, Woody Harrelson goes through. Um, but it also tries to like balance out some of the darkness of it by having the marvel style comedy of like venom interacting with carnage and being scared of him and none of it lands and all of it looks really really bad um okay so that's your opinion um and you are right and you are right (laughs) yeah it's it's a real chaotic one and uh it feels of a different time it feels like we've moved on past this type of uh trailer and just type of movie in general maybe i'm gonna i'll give late 90s to it but like with better graphics um it feels very obvious of what the plot is um oh if this movie came out in 2004 i would be shook yeah (laughs) i mean it would this graphics it would have gave green lantern a run for it well that's what i was just thinking it literally that when when you said that of where it was placed i was like oh my god this is just green land like the green lantern movie kind of thing like the trailer seems cut exactly the same it's like comedy with action also a big sequence at the end and it's like, yeah, this is all just the same shit, different day. Who cares? I want to like something that Sony is doing. I really do. I, but like, it's, it's just tough. It just seems so generic and formulaic that like, I can't get on board. Even I having, really think, oh, I was gonna, even having Woody Harrelson as Carnage still doesn't. Yeah, which he great. seems great in the role. Honestly, it seems well acted. It seems interesting, but still, man. I, I think people are, are going to, watch this movie it's going to make so much money totally that all the the people who i see posting about it anyone who's talking about it is like incredibly positive the there is not a lot of like haha doesn't this look stupid i think that really when people are going to see this movie they're like yeah i'm seeing this taken from the page put on the screen i don't care if there's a good plot i don't care if there's emotional development i care about tom hardy 
I care about Woody Harrelson, my mm-hmm. two idols. Boy, to be spit roasted by both of those yeah. men. <laughs> That's why I have two holes. <laughs> um, no, but you're, I mean, Aquaman was a complete success financially. There is no reason that this will not follow suit. So good, great on the executives and marketing teams and like production teams that are like, yeah, this will do because it's going to knock it out of the park. So it's like, I, I don't really have any interest in seeing it, but it, it does have all the right pieces. But then I guess did it sort of, sort of the amazing Spider-Man movies and then do, those kind of like dropped off. I thought like the first one was People hated the second one. Yeah, that's what I was like, because the second one definitely bombed. So I don't know, but it seems like they're just going to repeat what they did the next time. Um, Why the Last Man also got its first uh, full trailer. What did y'all think about that? When we when we heard about like the production originally, it was seven years ago. It was it's (laughs) been 84 years. It it was kind of still in the shadow of um, the Me Too movement and we know the source material really focuses around the one man in this, this universe, this whole world of women and how complicated the politics are and how well they could like represent different female voices. To me, this trailer gives me a lot more optimism because it really does make it seem like this is going to be a much more dynamic balanced cast. And while they have to kind of stick with the name, why the last man, that he will be a kind of, he will almost be this like plot point character rather than the main focus of what's happening. That's, I love that idea. I agree with you because I thought the trailer was much more holistic in its depiction of like even the first kind of issue or issues. Um, and obviously we got to see Agent 355. We got to see the sister a little bit. I love the what you just said because it reminds me of like in... Um, in a lot of Japanese RPGs, and my mind's just on Final Fantasy still, but like there's usually like the mysterious girl or like the standalone like specialty character, but they really are just mostly plot device. And I feel like that could be really effective here where he, they'll, he'll probably still have his own arc, but like everyone else has their arcs revolving around him. It's not like he's that mysterious person that was transported to a future world where he has to save the world. Like they hopefully can be smarter to get away from that. I mean, I would just say that Agent 355, I think she got recast as well. But she was killed in that fucking preview. I'm very excited to see her character and just their kind of interactions. There's there's nothing about, you know, I, I, I think there's an easy way to rewrite Yorick so that he is just like, why does he have to be the one who solves the mystery of why all the men died? He, he could just be this weird example that people keep prodding like a rat. Mm-hmm. Saying like, oh, we're trying to do science on him. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I would just <laughs> Excuse like me to doing say- science over here. Yeah. Um, I would like to say that I appreciate how many times you worked in why in that last statement. So I appreciate you're, that. You're um, thank you. Um, Sorry, what, you, you're uh, welcome. No, no, no. I, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you got it. Um, uh, I do. I do think it's uh, it's going to definitely differ from the comics because it has to, because that's not the world we live in right now. Much like uh, the boys just like pivoted a little bit. I think like right. this is also going to pivot towards <laughs> some fun. It, and it's just going to be a women driven show, which is all I want at all times. So like this, I'm so on board for this. I'm so excited. Also, um, I'm very attracted to him too. And so that's going to be very tough for all the other characters in there. Especially if there's like you know what I mean, like it's oh that tough. monkey is so hot. Oh, bitch. oh, they got a total smoke show. I <laughs> should be in that cage to get myself away from that that hot ass monkey. Yeah, yeah I do like that they kept the, uh, yeah. the monkey. I'm very excited about the work that they had to do to have that. The monkey work, yeah. <laughs> the monkey, really uh, put the in monkey the monkey work, work for you. All right, <clears throat> can we talk uh, well, about some comics? Yes. Uh, just to be clear, you can watch What If on August 11th on Disney Plus, Venom Let There Be Carnage on September 24th at your local movie theater, probably. And then Why the Last Man on September 13th, FX on Hulu. Thank you. Let's for talk about the comics. Hellions number 14. We've got Zeb Wells and Roger Antonio. So our favorite gang of misfits gets a surprise visit from their old pal, 
Tar the Uncaring, and his vile locust. A few punches get thrown. Wild Child loses his Iraqi killer spirit. The Hellions learn of Sinister's original betrayal in Otherworld during Ten of Swords, and Sinister escapes with his best pal, Sinister, to go check out Chimera. What did you guys think about this return of Tarn and the Vile Locust? I mean, praise Tarn. Praise him. <laughs> praise Tarn. Um, I, I like this issue. Um, the dialogue was not as much there as it was in previous issues with him, but I'm okay with that. We got enough sassy sinister, but I, I really, uh, I, there's very few things that this series can do where I'm like, ah, out. like it just, it seems to hit all the right moments all the time. Uh, one thing that I, particularly loved was we got to see so much of the Araco inner circle like they're yes. fucking like that that was really cool just storm just sitting there being pissed that she's on the council and she don't know why like just i i really enjoy that side of it um i think this book is going to have so much weight later in X-Men comics that people don't realize because you've, you characterize so many like smaller people that we never really concentrated on. Yeah. And uh, you like really flesh them out in such a cool, fun way. Um, so a formerly scalp hunter, whatever he's going by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I know what it is. That but, is what you <laughs> but uh so like him a lot of the a lot of the characters are just will be showing up a long time for and also this is the first book that's really concentrating on the Araco side of it all which i really appreciate and i think a lot of fans were just asking for so I, i'm pumped for this book even more yeah i agree with you on the dialogue for the most part that it wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't as crystal clear but you know, they still capture a lot of the voices really well. And the fact that they're introducing all these new voices and giving them body, I think is great. Um, I will say this is, you know, the, this storyline is one of the ones that continuously makes me laugh out loud. Yeah. Having Egg Woman <laughs> run toward the fucking... Damn, that's uh, a good thing. Uh, run toward the tumor guy and scream, <laughs> welcome to the slaughterhouse is just perfect it's the perfect level of it's the perfect level of writing because it is just madcap enough for the chaos of the scenario without being too winky at the audience that this is like a joke um i don't know how, how do you guys feel about the the ability for tarn to take away the iraqiness of the uh these characters who have been reborn in the eggs i thought it I, I'm, I'm a little on the fence it seems it yeah, seems a little yeah, bit uh, i can go either way honestly well and they only took he only took away from wild child because i think he just knocked fucking nanny into a wall no no because no, no. psylocke and havoc and everyone like understood what was going on after oh right they, well he they, imprinted they, their, they right he he gave them all the memories back of what happened which i thought was great but it, it seems like he only stole the iraqi re like resurrection essence yeah from i think that's he, the case wild yeah town. he seems to do whatever he wants for the plot which is a little <laughs> bit annoying i would agree but maybe he just has supreme control of iraqi energy is well wasn't that that was what he was basically coming for, wasn't it? He wanted that. He Don't wanted like my Iraqi. <laughs> he was. He had assumed that they kind of like stole an essence or stole something, and I like that. I like Wild Child going back to not like more of the wolf type carrot, like wolf dog type, because yeah. I thought that was more interesting than just being like a me, like you know, a brutish, like uh, angry person. But I'm really glad that, and I really hope. They don't change Nanny back because she's fucking so she's she was already incredible, <laughs> but she's even more incredible so now better. that she's crazy Iraqi Nanny. Right. It's, uh, I kind of want them to just to be like, um, can we bring our uh, like our friend Rock Slide here? And you just like, <laughs> can, you, can you just help him out just a little bit? He's the one person who's just fucked up. For what I reason. Yeah. Thinking of okay. that, they also haven't brought that. They're just like, oh, rock slide. Uh, go to the old age home and just sit there. For He's now. trying to eat oatmeal and it's just like falling out of the <laughs> side of his mouth. Just going into the wrong 
rock holes. Yeah. Where do um, you where do you all see the sort of like obviously Sinister jumped into a self-controlled portal that only he and his clones can enter to find Chimera? Where do you think that's gonna go? Well, no wait, idea. sorry, what, what what is your reading of Chimera? Because I have a thought. I had assumed it was the Chimera that we had in Hawks and Fox of like the they're creating those like hybrid mutants with like okay, super yeah. 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 So that, I thought that's that this, what I pictured. Yeah, that this is the experiment work that kind of gets toward that. Yep. Uh, Iraqis and uh, uh, Krakoans. Um, I love that he's using a thousand versions of himself to do everything because it removes the ability that like multiple man has to stop any one of them from like doing something by absorbing them. So they're just kind of running around being assholes, but they can still convince each other because they all still have the same set of principles. Yeah. Which I think is really fun. No, I could never, after reading this series, it will be impossible, I feel like, for anyone else or to go back and read old issues of Sinister stuff because the character is just so phenomenally interesting and like, uh, uh, I don't agree. Uh, there's a good run of Matt Fraction where he mm. did Uncanny X-Men and I think you would like him too. That's actually where he became, Started. you know, gay. Just just like gay. Is that is where he gay. said, does this cow, does this cow look? <laughs> yeah, I want this cow vaporized. <laughs> no, I want no, this no. cow vaporized. That's a classic one that they just did later. That wasn't <laughs> canon. <laughs> I love that you retcon your character to just be as flamboyant as possible. <laughs> Matt Fraction did it. It was fucking. Uh, no, you're right. I remember we, we talked about that. Remember that it, like there was a, a a starting point for this journey that Sinister is on. But boy, is it like firing on every fucking. Cylinder. And you know, who are we? Because when you come out, don't you don't you just come out guns a blazing, yeah. genetics a blazing. You know what I mean? Look, like I mean, same. he does. He is moving in the right direction because when you come out, at first you start out kind of straight but then you get gayer and gayer. Yeah, yeah. And he's moving in the right way. He is not going back on his camp. Oh my gosh. Or uh, his cape. <laughs> Let's talk X-Men number two. This is Jerry Dugan as writer, Pepe Larraz as artist. X-Men's second issue continues Cordycep Jones and Game World's attack on Earth, this time releasing a mini annihilation wave in the heartland of America. The X-Men fly in to save the day with power synergies, misconnections, and an expository reintroduction of Sunfire. Wrapping up the issue is the introduction of the mysterious Dr. Stasis, HR director, hey, and chairman of the board for the Oblivion Institute. <laughs> I just like that. I did, I, when I read that, because I went back to write down that full title and I was like, hey. I love that it's an HR director and the chairman of the board. That doesn't make any fucking sense. You were so fucking offended. Yeah, how do you police yourselves? Come on, what are the institutional <laughs> things we have to think about? That's you guys right? know each other from work? Or right. what, what, what I did see him at the SHRM conference this past year. <laughs> Um, he was great, at least on the surface. How did I know he worked for Orca? He gave a speech. It was pretty good. <laughs> um, how did you guys feel about the new team's uh, second issue? I Okay, I really like this team. I think it's super fun. They, uh, Although they're literally dealing with a threat called Annihilation, it feels very like, woo, fun <laughs> yeah. of the week. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. And uh, it was literally something that devastated worlds. But the the way they framed it as like a sexy, uh, fun ca a space casino, uh, and that's the threat. I really like that. To me, to me, for me personally, <laughs> um, I think uh, that is what the X Men are. They have the monsters of the week they yes. have the threats of the week we need to get a little bit back to that and maybe it's just this title and i'm okay with that but like uh hickman did some great things with the x-men and i'm not shitting off him at all but we need to have the x-men team that we can just be like these are the superheroes of the week because that is such a staple of what the x-men are and i really enjoy like uh just <laughs> The barbecue people just being like, hey, you're gonna, you, you gotta grill out with us. Like, just these Bud Light motherfuckers, like, having a great time with them. Cause I think that is really important for the lore of the X Men. And when we get into these two serious times for so long, it, it's tough to remember the day to day baseball 
you're definitely yeah you're definitely right that it was funny because when i read the second issue and especially with the kind of like it was basically a post-credit scene of dr stasis (laughs) i was like i was like oh my god this is a tv show this is almost like the closest more recently was like agents of shield where it was like they had a full season arc that they were going to accomplish but every week there was some sort of thing that came up while some characters got some a little bit more development or this and it, it is really working for me. I was originally like, kind of like, oh, well, I want it to keep moving as fast as some of the other books that are very tightly wound about the specific plot point they're trying to create. But I think what you're, what I really liked about this and actually where I think many of our other series that we don't like, like an Excalibur or like X Factor failed is they didn't have enough time to breathe so that when the momentous occasions came, it was really cool. Cause the Sync and Jean Grey conversation yes. and like them sharing the power stuff and talking about that, that shit was so fucking cool. And like, but they were still advancing his plot line with Wolverine. And then even the Sunfire expository stuff, yeah. it still felt like, oh my God, this is going to give it a chance for Sunfire to actually have ongoing development in the series. Um, so, so yeah, no, I really loved it too. I don't know what it is about the way this is executed that I think works for me more than the standard kind of boilerplate type X-Men storylines where you've got a relatively short story arc. Like maybe it's the artistry, which is incredible. Maybe it's mm-hmm. they have the voices down. Maybe it's the context of, mm-hmm. you know, Dawn of X, Reign of X. Um, I think that there's something about like, all right, so you've got this guy, Cordyceps Jones, stupid fucking name, Casino, <laughs> casino Mushroom. Uh, and then you're like, okay, well, he is like a low level big bad uh, doing this all for kicks. There's a part of me that feels like, you know what they've got so far it's it's fine it's fun i can enjoy it for what it is but i also feel like there's a real possibility that even if they deal with this issue that it could somehow have some rippling effects that matter in some way that like what they're doing isn't just like defeating each new giant monster who's destroying the city Brent, can i just say something that is literally what the x-men are where you're like this is mundane stuff that we're going through but it's ultimately like a giant fucking soap opera that we're building to like oh i guess that was a hellfire club it was so fun so uh, we had a great drink and then it builds (laughs) to something that's so fucking huge and big and that's literally what the but but what i'm saying what i'm saying is that in reading those other storylines a lot of them like they bored me and i i wasn't super interested in the the style of writing or the voices that the characters had or the circumstances they're trying to deal with the rest of the world in this case i'm actually both interested in the story that's happening now and where it could possibly go and turned on too and i'm aroused (laughs) when i saw thing gambit rhino and i don't know that third person i was like I'm that glad I have guy. four holes because I'm ready to get spit roasted <laughs> between all of them. Your ears? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, make that six then. Uh, no, <laughs> no but I, it, yeah, Adam, I think stop creating holes, please. I think what you're, you're both, des- I think you're exactly, you're, you're both describing exactly what I, what's concerned me when we talked last week about what would happen with doing a annual gala, annual voting is I don't want to see 12 issue runs of X-Men. I want this team and like we were talking about to progressively maybe move or add people, but go back to the eighties and the nineties where you get through like a hundred issues and it all feels really, really tightly complete as its own story arc, even built into the larger X universe of comics. Cause I think that's what this could be. If they keep playing at this pace, I get really nervous. It's actually reminds me a lot of X-Men red too. Cause X-Men red had such great pacing at the beginning yeah. and then they crammed it closed just so that they could get to this yeah. you know, Hox and Pox. But I'm like, please let this breathe because this has real. This could have really good legs. I think it's great that they're doing something like elevating a character like Sink and showing here's what my powers mean to me and how I interpret the world. Here, you know, you figure out what your powers mean to you. That makes the characters feel so much more full. I yeah. think than them just using like ice spikes. Well, and it's also, I think for Sync especially, it's very diversity and inclusion done right in the sense that like, this is a character that's been around for a while, was obviously dead, came back. But like, yeah. I've never been more interested. I mean, I, I didn't read Gen X for a ton when it had come out, but like, I never really under, besides the character's power, I never fully understood it where I'm like, this is, I'm excited to see where this character goes now. He feels like he's playing in the big leagues, which is great. And I, I he feels like a good fit too, based on his powers. 
I like that they're like sort of using their powers together, which is what the X-Men should do. It makes so much sense. Um, it does feel a little bit explaining. Being like, I've never been able to connect oh. with the dead oh, mind before. But luckily your magnetic fields really opened <laughs> my mind up for my mind power. And you're like, okay. I'm what and, and guys, and we gotta be okay with this, guys. We gotta be okay with this because this is going to lay the lay the ground for when we don't have to talk about that later because right. it's already established. So, so let's let's just be okay with it now and have a great time. Sunfire, but, Sunfire. Oh no! The, the people are like, "Hey, do you want to come to oh dinner?" Oh my god! And Sunfire is like, "I could never." my came i was forged in the fires of mount doom and then he like goes on this long ass story and everyone's like so do you like want dinner or what that was was, even gene was like shut the fuck up that was worse than the gay captain america uh issue that we read he's like i just want to get railed and sunfire somehow had worse dialogue How much time? I just wanted him to say, just like gay Captain America, to be like, "How much time you got?" And so it was like, "I just want to ask, do you want to go to dinner or not?" Like, what? Are hey, you- Adam, how how come last time I went to your place, gay Captain America was all on your walls? That was your <laughs> wallpaper. Hey, how much time you got? <laughs> all right. Well, that's been our episode. Check in with us next week. Uh, oh no, we are we going to talk about Guardians? Because I don't want to. <laughs> no, not now. We're not. <laughs> we were going to like. Uh, it was a very funny fucking issue. It's if a gay have, issue. Pick up the Guardians of the Galaxy week. annual as soon as possible. We can't do it more justice than the comic can do itself. It yeah. is very, very gay. So gay. All right. Now that actually has been our episode. Uh, check in with us next week for our 200th regular episode. Be sure to uh, send us a question on Twitter or via Instagram. You'll be somehow entered to win a raffle or a Ryan selection process. We haven't worked out all the details. Generic uh, 200 things. Maybe yeah, we it's may Bitcoin. Just, we may just Venmo you $200. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we're home as superior. We hope it wasn't too unhinged for you, Kaylin. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.